0: We're going to begin in John chapter 8. Beginning in verse 12, then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Verse 31, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Verse 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The words of Jesus, as we read these different places we spoke, he was telling us about having the light of life. If we followed him, and he, went, he explained further that if we continue in his word, then we're his disciples for real. Whereas the disciple means a follower for real. We're following him if we continue in his word, as we continue in his word. And he says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He talked about freedom through following Christ, following him. And so, as we read these words of Jesus today, and he talks about not walking in darkness, but walking in the light. I want to spend a few minutes talking about that. Last week, we talked about God's call to holiness to the Christian. And we want to continue on that theme today as we go to chapter 11 of the Gospel of John. Beginning in verse 5, this is when Lazarus was sick and about to die. John eleven five. 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judah again. And the disciples said to him, Master, lately the Jews have sought to stone you, and you're going there again? And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. And he begins to... As he says these things, you begin to connect the dots about what he's saying. Here they are in this time where they're going to Judah, where they're trying to kill Jesus. And the disciples said to him, you know, they're trying to stone you. You go in there again? And Jesus says, if anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of the world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. And it's the difference between walking in light and darkness is following Jesus or not. And following him, he says, if "You continue in my word." In our place, he said, "If you are ashamed of me and of my words, then I will be ashamed of you." You see the, the importance that he stresses upon his words, and not only his words, but the words of his disciples. He told his disciples, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Okay, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you. In other words, whatever I have commanded you, command them. So that's why we put such a premium of the words on Jesus and the apostles. And this accounts of the New Testament. I remember when I was a younger Christian... There was this radio program called Let's Talk About Jesus. And there was this guy on there, and he was just saying, you know, we shouldn't talk about doctrine. We shouldn't talk about anything that the apostles are saying, you know, any of that stuff. We should just focus on the words of Jesus, and that's it. And that all those things that are commanded in the New Testament, he said, that's not, he said, we should just focus on the grace of God. And not all that other stuff. The way we should live, we shouldn't even focus on any of that. Just focus on the love of Jesus. If anybody believes that, I would be quick to remind them that one of the great focuses of the New Testament is how we live. The New Testament is full of that. It's not legalism. It's commands of Christ through himself and his disciples. And we should honor that. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, would guide us into all truth. And the Holy Spirit guides us as we look in His Word. And it teaches us all things whatsoever Jesus commanded us. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble. But if he walks at night... He stumbles because the light is not in him. Let's continue again in Chapter Twelve of the Gospel of John, John Twelve, Thirty Five. Then Jesus said to them, A little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. And while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become the sons of the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, as we read the first one we read. And he says, (laughs) <laughs> believe in the light, believe in Him that you might become the sons of the light, sons of God. And through Christ we become, through belief in Christ we we become His God's children. We've been studying. But again it is telling us a direction that we need to travel. When it says to walk, when you're walking, you're not going around in circles, you're walking supposed to be walking in a direction, not zigzagging, not back and forth, but walking in a direction, a goal. And that goal, and that target, is to walk as Jesus walked, to walk to follow him, he says. He who follows me, follows his word, follows his example, follows his life. Because he's put his life in us. The Holy Spirit has been put in us to live his life. Not our life with a little bit of Christian flavor to it, but to live his life. We go later on in the same chapter in verse 44. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in Me, believes not in Me, but in Him who sent Me. And he who sees Me, sees Him who sent Me. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in Me should not remain in darkness. So now He's talking about following Him. Now He's talking about believing in Him. Not being in darkness. Jesus said, he who follows me will not be in darkness. Now he says, he who believes in me should not remain in darkness. Following him, believing in him, believing on him, putting our trust in him for life and all of its issues, all the storms of life. <clears throat> so from there I'm gonna to go to Romans chapter thirteen. <laughs> Romans 13, beginning in verse 8. O oh, no one anything except to love each other. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covenant. And for any other commandment, it's all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And doing this, knowing the time, and now it is high time to wake out of our sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly or decently, As in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its loss. You see how (coughs) the scriptures are teaching us to walk carefully, not carelessly, not recklessly, but carefully. Casting off the works of darkness. All the attitudes of darkness. The flesh. The way of the world. says to cast those things on. Talks about all kinds of wild living and drunkenness and immorality and lust and and strife. You know, fighting and arguing and anger and envy and jealousy and unforgiveness, and all these things. Just says, put them off. And put on the Lord Jesus Christ. The life of Jesus. When we're born again, He gives us His Spirit to live the life of Jesus. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It says it right here. Put Him on. And you say, put off and put on. That's something that's given for us to do. And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do. To put off our old way of life. To put off our old attitudes. To put off unforgiveness. To put off anger and strife and arguing. To put off immorality. To put off greediness and envy. And all kinds of stuff. It's all the work of the flesh. He says put it off. If it was not possible to do it, we wouldn't be commanded to do it. But through Christ, through His Spirit, we're able, we're empowered to do it. That's why he says, put these things off and put this on. It's like taking off a coat and putting a different one on. Sounds like, doesn't it? That's what he's likening it to. It's a decision that we make. It's something that we do. It talks here about love being the fulfillment of the law. The Bible tells us the Spirit of God that He's given us is a Spirit of love. It says He shed abroad the Holy Spirit in our hearts. He shed abroad the love of God in our hearts through the Spirit He's given us. So now we have the power and the ability to love those that our human nature does not want to love. To do things that are against our human nature. That's why it says to put off that nature. And to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. To put on the life of Jesus. Loving enemies. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That kind of the attitude of Christ. it on he says and make no make no provision for the flesh don't don't give the don't give an opportunity to indulge in the flesh just cut it off cast it from us (coughs) so we continue on in this thought in Ephesians chapter 5 Chapter four, he says, he talks about putting off the old man and putting in on the new, just like we read in Romans, putting on the new man that's created after God in righteousness and true holiness. And then, and then we read in Ephesians chapter five, it begins, "Be imitators of God, as dear children." He so, said, "Well, God is God. How can I imitate Him?" Ah, again, it is through this experience that we've had of being converted and receiving the Holy Spirit that empowers us to imitate God, to imitate His Son Jesus. The Father loves to see His children imitate them in things that are good, not things that are bad. But we're doing, you know, good things. You know, we're a good example, and you see our children following that. You know, us who are our parents, I, that's a wonderful thing. And the, Our Father in Heaven says, imitate me, follow me. Jesus says, follow me. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Follow Christ. Be imitators of God as dear children. Verse 2, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God. And so, as we've read in times past, we begin to understand, through what's written here, what walking in love is about. Not walking in love towards just towards those who love us and are good to us. Because God demonstrated His love towards us While we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly, those who didn't love Him. And so we see a big difference between the love of God and natural love, human love. And God's telling us that this is a a step well above what we do naturally. To love those who don't love us, to bless those who curse us, to do good to those who do evil to us and who use us, speak against us, curse us, and to do good in return to them. To bless and not curse, not to return evil for evil, but ever returning good. And then in verse three, he says, "But fornication and all uncleanness and, and covetousness." Let it not even be named among you, which is fitting for the saints. Immorality, covetousness, uncleanness, ungodliness. There's. We live in a society, this world society, we can easily call Sodom and Gomorrah. It is a Sodom and Gomorrah society we live in, not just in this country, but in the world we live in. And it says here, it says, let it not even be named among you as fitting for the saints of God. That is going against what is natural, of course. The Holy Spirit is not natural. He's made us partakers of the divine nature, Peter said. That's not natural. But it is powerful and possible not to just do whatever we feel and whatever our emotions drag us down, whatever road our emotions drag us down and however we're feeling. Feelings are real, but we have to set them aside when they're not right. And live beyond that. Be imitators of God. Jesus lived a pure life, a clean life not uncleanness, not fornication not covetousness one place Paul says I covet no man's silver or gold Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head he said wasn't about material things for him for us who are in Christ the things of this world the Bible says if any man loves the world and the things of this world, the love of the Father is not in him. God guides us through His Spirit down a different road. Not just a religious version of who we already are. It's different than who we are. It's a life. It's, uh, it's a life of God. He goes on, that things that are fitting for the saints of God, those are in Christ. Verse 4, for filthiness, foolish talking, and coarse jesting, which means dirty dirty jokes, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. So we're supposed to not even let all these things be named among us. Verse 5, For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with vain words or empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. For walking in immorality. It says... If we're walking in immorality and uncleanness and covetous, all the the way of the flesh. He says, don't be deceived. If we live this way, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. He says, don't be partakers with that. He says in verse 8, for you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as the children of light. So Jesus pointed out that He was the light of the world. But now it says here, You are light in the Lord. Walk as the children of the light. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, You are the light of the world. If we follow Christ, He puts His light in us. We are now the light of the world. Us who are in Christ. And the light is called to expose darkness. It's not to continue in darkness but to expose darkness and if we are light of the world he says he says read it again now you are light in the Lord walk as children of the light walk as children of the light we are the light of the Lord you are light in the Lord walk as children of the light walk that's Christ walk. Verse 9, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what pleases the Lord or is acceptable to the Lord. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. The fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what pleases the Lord, and so the Apostle Paul in Corinthians says, "Examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Examine ourselves to examine our fruit. How am I living?" verse 11 it continues and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but instead expose them for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret but all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light Whatever exposes or makes manifest is light therefore he says awake you sleeper arise from the dead and Christ will give you light having no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Light has been called to expose the darkness. As we walk in the light, it exposes darkness. And as we walk in the light, it makes some people angry. Even some in the church. Oh, you, you know, think you're holier than thou and everything, you know, or, oh, you're getting too fanatic, you're getting too carried away. What we've been reading here is the call of the Christian life. This is what we're reading. I'm not. I'm not making any of this up. I'm not putting any words. This is what we're reading here, very simply. God speaking through the apostle Paul. Christ will give you light, having no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. We talked about this from Corinthians last week. And again, this should be a focus of of a Christian is how we live. This should be what we should be focusing on. The grace of God, yes, we should be focusing on it. That He forgave us, His forgiveness, His death on the cross, His love for us. And because all those things are true, Says, follow me. Follow me. Learn from me. Come to me. Jesus says, Come to me, all you are burdened and heavily laden, and I will give you rest. And put my yoke upon you. The yoke is what they put on an ox or a horse. Put it to pull plow. Put my yoke upon me put my yoke upon you. That's a decision we have to make. The decision to be a servant of Christ. You know, a farmers put the yoke on the on the horse or the or the ox. But he says to us, You put it on. This is your decision. I'm not going to put it on you. He says, Put my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. He tells us we will find rest for our souls in serving and following Christ. It goes on in verse 15 saying, "...see then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish or unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is." Understand what God's will is for our life. That we don't belong to ourselves. We were bought with the blood of Jesus understand what God's will is for us. It's to walk in the light, to walk with him. Not what we on our own whims and our own desires and our own you know, things that pop into our head or whatever our body feels like doing. Nonsense. We live for him. Understand what his will is for us. Jesus understood it, didn't he? And he says for us, understand what the will of the Father is. Understand what his his calling for our life is, our purpose. But he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again. And to live for him in living like him and being the light of this world like he was. Therefore, do not be unwise, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not be filled with wine which is excessive, but be filled with the spirit. you read this letter to the book of this letter of, to the city of Ephesian Church you understand that he was writing to Christians. He talked about how they were sealed with the Holy Spirit. And that the love of God, how they were expressing it, how they were living great and everything. But you see how he commanded them to spur them on. And he said, to be filled with the Spirit. That's a constant command. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. To drink, Jesus said. If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. That invitation. And out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit flowing powerfully through us. Through coming to him and seeking him and receiving from him. We filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a crucial component of the Christian life. It was so important that Jesus told his disciples to wait until they received power from on high. And then they would be his witnesses. It says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit many times in the book of Acts. We've come to understand that being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-shot deal. Otherwise, he wouldn't command us to do that. He commands us not to be filled with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit you ever see somebody filled with wine drunk you see what that looks like see them staggering around slurring their words doing ridiculous things sometimes getting violent and crazy why because they're under the influence of alcohol but it says that if we're filled with the spirit we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And that should be evident too. There should be evidence of the Holy Spirit's power and and life, the life of Jesus in our life. The influence of the Holy Spirit should be evident in our life. And we shouldn't make excuses for that not being evident. Oh, you don't know what I'm going through right now. Is that the... No excuses. Forgiveness from God, mercy from the Lord, sure. But no no excuses. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's bad. And the last one I'm going to read before I turn it over to to Dan and everyone else is in First John chapter one. Verse five. First John one five. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie, and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses from all sin. Walking in the light. We keep on reading this over and over again in the New Testament, don't we? Yeah. Walking, following Jesus. As we follow Jesus... He says we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses from all sin. Yeah. It is necessary to have true fellowship for following Jesus. <laughs> he says as we follow him we have fellowship with one another. Do you know one of the indications that somebody's backsliding is they begin to cut themselves off. From fellowship. We kind of get a little cold towards fellowship. We walk in the light as Jesus is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. Chapter 2, verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And by this we know that we are in him, and he who says he abides in him, or remains in him, ought also himself to walk, just as he, Jesus, walked. The way Jesus lived, we should live. It's the evidence of conversion. We keep His commandments. The love of God is in us. Perfected in us. Keeping His Word. By this we know that we are in Him. The evidence of the new life. And The Holy Spirit living in us. And again... When someone stopped following Christ, you can see their love grows cold. Jesus said, because the iniquity abounds the love of many would grow cold sign of the times of before his coming. So these are again we could go on there's many other scriptures that would support what we're talking about here but you get the idea, that those who are in Christ follow Him and walk with Him and walk as He walks. It begins to become evident in a person's life when he walks with Him. When his heart's been converted, when he's received the Holy Spirit, Fruit of the Spirit begins begins to be manifested. As Paul said, that the life of Jesus be manifested in our mortal bodies. So <clears throat>